You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? I'm Faraz Siddiqui from Upper Hand Fantasy. We're going to go over the top 10 fantasy tight ends for the 2022 season. And of course, coming in at number one is Travis Kelsey. What is there to say about Travis Kelsey that you don't already know? Over the last six seasons, he finished as a top two fantasy tight end in fantasy points per game. He's had six straight seasons of at least 80 catches and 1,000 yards. And one of the main reasons why he's pretty much a lock to go at the end of the first round, early second round, is because of the talent, plus the fact that Tyreek Hill left and his target share is locked up. And the Chiefs did add some quality players. They signed Juju, they signed MVS, they drafted Sky Moore, but none of these guys are going to be the type of players who take away a ton from Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has a great shot at being a serious target funnel for Patrick Mahomes this year. Now we have to address his age. He's going into his age 33 season, and we do have to mention that it's going to come to an end soon. Maybe not this year, though. The dude has played at least 15 games over his last seven seasons, so he's pretty much the epitome of health. One key metric to determine whether a tight end can have a big season at this age is the fact that he's had several tight end one seasons before that age. And that's according to a study done by Marvin Eloquin, who writes for the Fantasy Footballers. And not only has Kelsey done that, but he's also had a couple of top two tight end seasons as well. So if you're going to bet on anybody, it's pretty safe to bet on him. All right, tight end number two, Mark Andrews. Now, we know that Mark Andrews has all the potential in the world. He finished as the tight end one last year. And I think the departure of Hollywood Brown is going to help Mark Andrews kind of secure his target share. However, we kind of have to mention the splits that he's had with Lamar Jackson and without Lamar Jackson. Without Lamar Jackson in six games, the dude went off. Almost 11 targets per game, 8.5 catches per game, and 122 receiving yards per game. And then with Lamar in 11 games, he's averaged 8 targets, 5 catches, 67 yards. Not as good. And that's quite the difference. Now, we're assuming that Lamar Jackson is going to play the whole season, right? Or at least we're projecting him to play at least most of the season. So, Mark Andrews is being taken off the board in underdog best ball drafts around pick 16. And by the way, if you're not playing best ball on underdog right now and taking advantage of all the contests that they have, I would highly recommend it. Let me explain what it is. It's literally the easiest way to play fantasy football. There's no in-season management, there's no waiver wire pickups every week, no setting lineups, and there's no points left on your bench. Your lineup is automatically optimized every single week based on which players did best. It's that simple. And you can win money doing it. It's really the best practice that you can get for your season-long leagues, and there are a variety of types of contests that you can play in. Right now, Underdog has a contest called Best Ball Mania, where they have $10 million in prizes, with $2 million going to the tournament winner, $1 million going to whoever has the most fantasy points at the end of the regular season, and then another $7 million to disperse to a bunch of other people, and that could be you. If you use code UPPERHAND when you sign up, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So let's say you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get an extra 100 bucks to enter more contests for a chance to win even more money. 
Not only that, but when you use code UPPERHAND, I'll be sending you a free rookie draft kit when you sign up. So click that link in the description to sign up today. And while we know what Andrews is capable of, we know what his ceiling is, is he going to hit that ceiling with Lamar Jackson? That's a question for me, and I'm not targeting him in the second round. I just can't do it. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, but even with Hollywood Brown leaving, I'm not sure that the target share gets concentrated around Mark Andrews and him being that target frontal that we know that Travis Kelsey is going to be, for example. But he's going around guys like DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, these high upside running backs that I really like this year in PPR formats. So I don't think I'll be going Mark Andrews this year. All right, my number three tight end is Kyle Pitts. I don't think people really understood how big of a year Kyle Pitts had in his rookie year. Sure, he didn't score touchdowns, but Matt Ryan is gone now. You can blame it on him if it makes it easier for you. He's not allergic to touchdowns. The touchdowns are going to come. Only two rookie tight ends ever have recorded a season where they've had more than 100 targets. Two. And you have to go all the way back to 1961 to find a tight end who had more receiving yards than Pitts did in his rookie year. And we're talking about tight ends here, but Kyle Pitts was second only to Jamar Chase among all rookie receivers in yards per route run. And in his rookie year, he hit a threshold of two yards per route run with the minimum number of routes needed in order to put him in a bucket to say like, all right, this production right here is correlated to a ton of future NFL success. And this threshold is used for wide receivers, not tight ends. So Kyle Pitts is basically a wide receiver at this point. And now he has another receiver in Drake London to take some attention off of him, something that he didn't have last year. So I do think that Kyle Pitts is going to have a monster season regardless of who his quarterback is. And by the way, Marcus Mariota was able to give Delaney Walker a bunch of great fantasy seasons, so Kyle Pitts' fantasy season isn't dead because of his quarterback situation. Now, he's going in the third round of drafts, and I understand why people might be hesitant to spend a third round pick on his situation, but he's a baller, and he's going to do his thing. All he had to do was score a few more touchdowns to be one of the top tight ends last year. And the fact that he had 1,000 yards in his rookie year as a tight end, you got to give him credit for that. You have to look at that and kind of project forward. All right, my tight end four, Dalton Schultz. Schultz is simply one of my favorite tight ends to target, and you don't have to draft him as the tight end four. So his situation and price both alluring to me. No Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup banged up to start the year. And with those guys playing last year, he still caught 78 balls, 800 yards, eight touchdowns. Now, he wasn't running at full route participation until like mid-season last year, and from the get this season, I expect him to be at 90% plus. And when you look at this passing offense as a whole, it looks like it's going to be revolved around CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. So I wouldn't be surprised if Schultz's target share stays above 20% all season long. And that passing offense is just more valuable than others. Second highest pace of play last year, fifth in attempts per game. And then you look at the red zone numbers, Schultz was clearly Dak's guy in the red zone. Schultz was fourth in red zone touchdowns and he was third in targets and receptions in the red zone. And he's being drafted as the tight end six at the back of the sixth round, which is a price that I'm happy with. I think it's a sweet spot. Now he's not the most exciting talent in the world. I think that's his only knock, but his situation is great. He has good rapport with his quarterback. And in terms of difference maker at the position, I think he's enough of a difference maker at the tight end position to take him at that spot. My fifth ranked tight end is Darren Waller. For whatever reason, Darren Waller couldn't really get it going last year. Now, he was banged up a little bit later in the year, but before that, he only had one blow-up game, and he was only sharing targets with Hunter Renfro for the most part. And now you add Devontae Adams, I'm just not sure that Darren Waller is going to get the type of target share that we all want him to have. Now, I do think Waller is going to be more efficient this season with Devontae Adams coming in. There's going to be a ton of defensive attention on Devontae, so I do think Waller is going to have some blow-up games. 
This is likely going to be a pass-heavy offense with Josh McDaniels, but the main difference is that this is Derek Carr, not Tom Brady. And the target distribution is going to be relatively spread out between Waller and Renfro. And remember, that is just what's left after they give a big target share to Devontae Adams. Should we really expect Derek Carr to make three receivers every week starts? I'm not sure we can. And if I had to choose one to leave off the list, it's probably Hunter Renfro. So I think Waller can still thrive in his role. Obviously, I still have him as a top five tight end, so I think he's going to be just fine. But, you know, you have to look at the range of outcomes, and it's possible that Renfro uh, maintains a high target share, right? Josh McDaniels is known for feeding his slot wide receivers as well. So there's that possibility that we have to think about. So just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some volatility that continues for Darren Waller going into next year. Coming in at number six is George Kittle. I do want to put Kittle higher in terms of talent. I think he's a top three tight end in this league, but there are a few things we have to consider. One of those things is that he's going to be playing with a different quarterback. Him and Trey Lance haven't had a ton of playing time together. Not a huge sample size. We've only seen four targets go George Kittle's way last year. Kittle had three huge blow-up games last year, all from Jimmy G. I'm not saying Kittle can only get it done with Jimmy G, right? His ceiling actually probably increases with other quarterbacks. But we got to see what that target distribution looks like on a run-heavy offense with pretty talented receivers in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And when I say run-heavy, it might get even more run-heavy with the fact that Trey Lance is going to be running the ball a ton. There's going to be more design rushes going towards his way. And it's possible that there's less dropbacks, resulting in less pass attempts. But if there's anyone to get it done on efficiency, it's Kittle. He's one of the best in the game, especially after the catch. But I really don't want to depend on that. Now, if you look at his price at the 4-5 turn, and sometimes I've seen him go later than that, potentially end of fifth round, it's a good price if you're looking for somebody who could potentially be an elite producer at the position. My number seven tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson was on his way to a breakout season last year. He was having a good year, and then he got hurt. He was one of the few tight ends who had over a 20% target share. He ran a route on 85% of dropbacks, which is elite at the position. And he's probably going to be on a better offense next year. Great offensive line. Solid weapons. Uh, they got Amarase Brown. They got DeAndre Swift. They got DJ Shark. They just drafted Jamison Williams, although he might not come on until later on in the season. And while that seems like a lot of names, I do still think that TJ Hawkinson is going to be closer to the front of that group in terms of target share. So I think he's either going to be number one or number two in target share. And I think the guy that will challenge him the most is going to be Amara St. Brown. And then followed by DeAndre Swift, who will be a close third most likely. And I think that alone, being number one or number two in target share on that team, will lead to him being a top six or top seven tight end. And despite not seeing the red zone a whole lot on that offense last year, he was still top 10 in end zone targets. And if this offense does take a step forward, we're going to see a lot more red zone work from these guys. My number eight tight end this year, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz initially was looking great earlier this offseason when the Cardinals lost Christian Kirk to free agency. But now they traded for Marquise Brown, which I think hurts him more than Christian Kirk gained him. That didn't make any sense, did it? Zach Ertz lost target competition when Christian Kirk left in free agency, so he was looking pretty good. But then the Cardinals traded for Hollywood Brown in the middle of the draft, which is a net worse situation for Zach Ertz. Now going back to last year, AJ Green didn't command targets. Christian Kirk didn't necessarily command targets. But Hollywood Brown is going to command targets. DeAndre Hopkins is going to command targets. So we can potentially see Zach Ertz's target share go down just by a little bit this year. If I had to guess right now, I think Zach Ertz will be third in target share pecking order behind DeAndre Hopkins when he's playing. By the way, he's suspended for six games. So while he's out, he's probably number two behind Hollywood Brown. 
Now the hope is that Rondell Moore doesn't step ahead of him in terms of target share. And we have to understand the full range of possibilities here. And there is a world where Rondell Moore steps ahead of Zach Ertz in terms of target share. Now it is worth noting that the Cardinals traded for Zach Ertz for a reason. They wanted to use him and they'd used him right away. Starting in week nine, he was running around on 80% of dropbacks and he didn't dip below that once for the rest of the year. He ran the third most routes and had the second most targets among all tight ends for the remainder of the season. Now, I'm a big fan of Trey McBride coming into the NFL as a very solid rookie tight end, has a great career ahead of him, but he's not Kyle Pitts in terms of him making that year one type of impact to where it's going to derail Zach Ertz and his opportunity. We have to remember that normally rookies don't make a huge impact in the passing game, and it usually takes an anomaly for that to happen. I think Urs is going to be a very solid fantasy tight end for you this year. He's going to have some of those boom weeks. He'll finish top two, top three. And he's going in the 10th round right now as the 10th tight end off the board. So that's pretty solid value. If I'm looking for an every week starter and you can get him in the 10th round, solid price. Dallas Goddard is my number nine tight end on the year. Now, I love Goddard's talent. I think he's one of the best tight ends in the league. And he definitely has the chance to explode because of that talent. But this offense just added A.J. Brown. And I want to put him higher. I just don't know how pass-heavy this offense is going to be. And I do believe that this offense is going to be a lot more pass-heavy than they were last year when they didn't really have that many weapons, didn't have guys who could separate on the outside as much. But now they have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. They have Dallas Goddard. They have really good weapons. But I just don't know how balanced they're going to be and if there's going to be enough target share for everyone to go around. If I had to guess, Goddard's going to be right in front of Devontae Smith in terms of target share or right below. But I do want him to explode. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. Because he had an amazingly efficient year last year. Among all tight ends last year, with at least 75 targets, he was number one in yards per route run. He was followed by George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. He was followed by George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Gronk, Kelsey, Waller, in that order. He's a damn good tight end. He was only second to Kyle Pitts in yards per reception among all tight ends last year. He was second in weighted opportunity, only behind Mark Andrews. And weighted opportunity is basically a combination of target share and air yards to kind of better determine, you know, what that target share actually looks like, how valuable it is. And it was up there. Now, the problem with Goddard last year and why he didn't absolutely kill it for fantasy is because of how run-heavy this offense was. He got 50% target share in multiple games last year, but it didn't amount to these huge blow-up games, unfortunately. But it does tell you that when they were trying to pass it, they were looking for Goddard and they were playmaking for Goddard. Now, is there a chance that Jalen Hurts looks his way because of all this talent? Yes. Is there a world where he is number two right behind A.J. Brown in target share? Yes. So depending on your style, there is some upside to chase here. He's going around the eighth or ninth round in underdog leagues right now. And if you're chasing upside, he would be the guy to pick over all the tight ends in that range, including Zach Ertz. All right, finally, number 10, Dawson Knox. Now I'm just going to say this off the bat. Expect volatility with Dawson Knox. For season long, I would expect some duds. But in best ball, I like pairing him with another high upside tight end, like another boom bust tight end like Hunter Henry, for example, who will like only catch touchdowns. And if he doesn't catch touchdowns, he's not going to give you much. Kind of a similar thing to Dawson Knox, but I'd rather have Dawson Knox. Now, later in the year last year, he was getting close to a full route participation, but he was only being targeted on about 14% of his routes, which isn't a great number. 
So it does seem like we're going to have to depend on those touchdowns again. But listen, we're talking about the Bills' offense here. It's an up-tempo, pass-heavy offense. That's what you need. Now, I was initially looking at the O.J. Howard signing, and to me, I thought that maybe that could take away a little bit from Dawson Knox, but according to early reports at OTAs, O.J. Howard's just not looking good at all, and it seems like this is Dawson Knox's show, at least for now. Now, I will tell you the guy who was pretty close to taking that number 10 spot, and I might do it in the next set of rankings, and that's Cole Komet. But we'll talk about Cole Komet in another video. All right, guys, that was my top 10 fantasy tight ends for 2022. If you haven't liked the video already, that would mean the world to me. It would mean even more if you could subscribe to the channel. That would help me out a lot. That would help out the channel. I'm really trying to grow this thing. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. I'll see you guys soon. Peace.